0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran.
1: Welcome. Today is an exciting day. We are heading towards the end of 2016, a nine-year, which means many completions as we move into 2017, and that will be New Beginnings. This is an opportunity to really check in with yourself and dive into the gratitude for your humanness, as well as the elation and celebration of your divinity. They walk hand in hand as you are the bridge between the two. And my guest today definitely knows this walk. Not only does she know this walk, she knows how to lead this walk. I want to share with you a poem from her book, Rise, Sister, Rise. It is your humanness that inspires me. Your ability to choose to rise, fall after fall. It's your humanness that inspires me. The time you chose the light when it was darker than even before. It's your humanness that inspires me. How you found the courage to let the life you had so consciously created crumble and fall. It's your humanness that inspires me. When you share your heart, cracks and all. It's your humanness that inspires me. That you tell the truth about how hard life got and how you're different from before. It's your humanness that inspires me. The day you let your old self die in order for who you were becoming to be born. It's your humanness that inspires me. How no matter how many times you doubted it, you never stopped answering the call. This is from Rebecca Campbell's book, Rise, Sister, Rise, a guide to unleashing the wise, wild woman within And what an amazing, wild, wild woman this beautiful goddess is. Rebecca Campbell is a best-selling author of Light is the New Black and Rise, Sister, Rise, as well as an intuitive guide. She teaches internationally, encouraging people to answer the callings of their soul, do the work that they came here to do, and create a life that is in alignment. Rebecca is also an award-winning creative director and creator of the Work Your Light Lightworker Community and the Rise Sister Rise Sisterhood. In twenty fifteen, she was awarded the Promising New Talent Award by Mind Body Spirit Festival in London. And in 2016, Rebecca received Emerging Voice by Kindred Spirit Kindred Spirit men, magazine and was honored to receive the Hundred Women of Spirit Award by Dadi Janki of the Brahma Kumaris for feminine leadership and spiritual service. She is also featured in The new issue of 1111 Magazine that just released, it's our Eternal Radiance issue, and you can read a little bit more about her, and there's a link directly to her website there as well. But you can also find her at RebeccaCampbell.me. Without further ado, welcome Rebecca to 1111 Talk Radio.
2: Oh, thank you, Simran. I'm so happy to be here with you. I, you know, I love everything Eleven Eleven and everything I hear you speak about. Like I know that you feel the same about my work. I think that we we're, we're gathered uh, with like-minded people, and it's such
1: a delight to be on the call with you today. Most definitely, I know your own affiliation with Elevens, as I saw them in your book <laughs> frequently, with different things that you did and days that <clears throat> happened and and even things on your website, so I can definitely see that you are an 1111 angel as well. The (laughs) book is intimate, it's beautiful, it's raw, it is powerful, it is vulnerable, it is uh, everything that we all experience in our own ways, with our own details, but sometimes don't have the words to really speak it. And you did in such a fluid way with with simple stories and touchstones that allow individuals to step into your heart and in doing so, what they do is discover their own. I want you to talk about the courage it takes to allow ourselves to be authentic and how Mm -hmm. there is a greater risk at not doing so.
2: Oh, such a great question. You know, I really feel like... Our soul is always calling us no matter who we are. And, you know, it's I have a feeling that most of the people who are listening today are people who are being called to step up and serve in a in a way that's beyond just their own personal life. And I think if you have heard this call, that's what I call the double mission, where often our soul is calling us to do things that actually scare us. And in my experience, particularly if you do feel called to be of service, often the, the, the actual call and, and, the, and, the, and the path of answering that can be really scary and takes a lot of courage. And often the only thing scarier than answering the call is not answering it because it's like that that call of the soul that niggle it's just it's always there and in my experience and I've seen it time and time again with so many people at workshops and working one on one you know I'm I'm not alone in this so many of us have been called in this way and and this period of history particularly it's like we're all being called to step up, and the the often the process of doing that, doing it isn't easy.
1: Oh, well, you said you know it's this period of history we're being called to step up, and so often we hear those phrases of yeah. "this is the time we were waiting for," or "we were born mm. for this time," or "it is the time where the feminine is rising." And oftentimes, those can kind of go in one ear and out the other because they're said mm. so much and. You, in reading this book, you deeply understand what those words mean. Can you talk about why this really is the time and how necessary it is for the feminine to rise on one hand, both in men and women, Mm -hmm. but even more so how necessary it is for women to finally step beyond any barriers of who they have been to into who they really are? Mm. Well, first of all,
2: mystics and sages of all the ages have been predicting this time. So, you know, you, if you look into ancient civilizations, many of them point towards this time, you know, around the 2011, 2012, being like a big... Um, catalyst year for this new era that we're stepping in. I call it the age of light. Yogi Bajan called it the age of Aquarius. Uh, Mayans call it the new dawn. So, you know, if, if, you, if you look back, you can see that many civilizations have predicted this time. Um, astrology does the same thing. Um, but I think for me, You know, I was just in the States recently and I'm I'm from Australia and I live in London, but I was traveling around all, all around the US for three weeks, which was around the election. And, you know, regardless of how everyone wanted it to go, and I know there was a lot of people who felt a lot of grief with the results and all of that, but I have to say for me, when I was there, as well as feeling all the grief, I also felt this this real lifting where it was like all of the polarity that already exists on the planet, it was like everyone can see it now, regardless of what everyone believes and which way everyone wanted it to go. But It's like, and this to me is what the rising feminine is about. Um, Yogi Bhajan said women cannot be taught. They awaken instead. And so, you know, when it comes to the feminine, and obviously the feminine's rising in men and women, but particularly for women, we chose to incarnate as women in the feminine to experience the feminine. And now the feminine has been rising forever, but at this point in history, it's now necessary that it does. You know, we've just had the, the standing rock, the no dapple. That's in protection of the mother, Mother Earth, the ultimate feminine, which we're finally realizing um, in the mainstream as well that that everything we do to her, we also do to us and that we literally cannot survive unless unless we look after it. And I think this is, it's this, it's this, it's this intuitive knowing that women have, and the compassion, and the 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 all of these things, the empathy, where where we we are more more attuned to protecting and knowing and uh, and surrendering to that that is awakening in us all. And I feel like, you know, um, in my first book, Light and New Black, I, I used a quote which was by the Dalai Lama, which said, the world will be saved by the Western woman. And now that quote, I sat with for so long, and I, I, I meditated on that quote so much because, you know, it can come across a bit uh, egotistical for me, a Western woman, to say that. But what I feel is in the essence of that quote is that, for many of us Western women who have the freedom of sharing our voice who have the 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 freedom of expression you know it's like it's like I think many of us who have all of those freedoms are now being called to to step forward and do so on behalf of many who don't and also you know I'm fascinated by the journey of the soul and I believe that many of us have lived in 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 periods of history where where we were persecuted for doing so and so you know, I, I really feel passionately about how the act of, of, of stepping into, into and, and letting people see who we really are and sharing our voice and sharing our message, not in a way that's pushy, but in a way that's true to us. I feel like in doing so, it's almost like it harmonizes the planet just a little bit. And it's not about convincing people one way or another, but I think when we step into our authenticity and we give our soul a voice, then 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 it has rip, ripple effects that I don't even pretend to begin to understand.
1: And you referenced the the election, and and even with the both candidates that were running here, it seemed as if we almost had two men running. We had a woman in a body, Mm -hmm. but but yet Mm -hmm. she used a lot of force. It was very masculine. Mm -hmm. And in the Mm -hmm. book you talk a lot about how you were kind of uh, funneled into this role of being more masculine or taking on those roles or even that language at a time in the Mm -hmm. career that you had to try to fit in. This Mm -hmm. emergence of the feminine... In us and and the power that we 're to stand in is partially that a camouflage for an unconscious fear of having been persecuted prior and and feeling like this was the way we had to go in order to fit in and to find our place, but actually diminished our power instead mm, yeah
2: that's such a big one, and you know I think it's a it's a never ending process <laughs> really like um yeah, I think particularly in the corporate world. I'm speaking from myself, my own experience, but I know many other women who echo the same, the same um, thoughts of, of really, the corporate world can often be such a man's world. And this is not saying that men make it a man's world. It's just it's just what it is. It's a lot more linear. And for me personally, I there were few women in the industry i was in as as in the the path that i had chosen within that industry and as a creative director there weren't that many women but the women that there were they were even more masculine than some of the men it was almost like and i did exactly the same thing it was like i need to show you that i'm tough and no one can no one can push anything aside for me i need to prove myself in this way and what i didn't understand then was that actually in doing so i was i was pushing down my real feminine power i wasn't drawing on my intuition i wasn't i wasn't using my femininity as my power at all. And by that, I don't mean manipulating through sex and flirting or whatever. I mean, just like that, that, that potent power, the intuition, the wisdom, the, the presence that a woman has, the softness as well, the vulnerability, the, the empathic nature. It was like those parts of me, which are like so bountiful. And I use them in my life so much now, but in my career, it was like I, I I, kind of like kept them in a little cave <laughs> because I didn't think it was appropriate. And now I see, oh, wow, gosh, that, they were actually my superpowers.
1: Mm-hmm. I love the chapter that you go into where you talk about pressure versus pleasure, because so often we fall into those conditioned behaviors and the fight or flight response of doing everything from that place of pressure and feeling like we're having to fit in or having to achieve or having to attain or or even create success in the terms that success has been portrayed in our world. But yet this opposite of view of pleasure speaks to a whole different aspect of us. It is the, the juice of the soul. Talk a little bit about pressure versus pleasure in your own experience.
2: Well, I think it's really interesting because I'm someone who I'm quite ambitious. And when I say ambitious, I mean, like, I am dedicated and I'm dedicated to creating a life's work. I was when I was in a different industry. And I certainly am now that my life is very aligned. And I I know I'm doing my soul's work. And so I, I get a lot of pleasure from working hard, actually, <laughs> and I get a lot of pleasure from giving my best and doing my best. But I think what's interesting around pleasure versus pressure is that, for me anyway, I, the, the work, when, I, when I realized that I was waking up each morning and I could feel this, it was just like this subtle anxiety, and it was very hard to pinpoint because I'd always had it. I didn't realize I didn't have it, like I, did, I never didn't have it. And one morning I woke up and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's like this is what's driving me. What's driving me is this pressure, this like, you know, and it was a combination of sometimes it was fight, sometimes it was flight, and sometimes it was freeze. <laughs> but, but it was that's what was driving me. And I, I kind of really inquired deep into it and said, okay, well, what if I made pleasure my driver? And the most amazing mm-hmm. thing was, for me, nothing changed except for what was the emotion that was and the energy that was driving it. So when I chose to make pleasure my driver, actually the amount of hours I was spending showing up, that didn't change. But, but my attitude around what I was offering and giving did. And it was like I was able to... Ensure that the the creations that I was putting out out there, all of a sudden, it was like they could enrich me just as
1: much as enriching others. That's a really powerful statement. That nothing changed other than your attitude and your it was the approach, and yeah. but otherwise, it was still okay to work hard. It was still okay to have ambition. It was it was simply that it was now being fueled from something that was going to nourish and fill you as opposed to deplete you and and be more just willpower as opposed to the assistance of divine power
2: yeah it's so interesting isn't it and it's that that um the switch from like you know service to self before service to others and you know all the healers and and soulpreneurs out there it's like we're so committed to doing this work that that Often we'll give and, give and give and give and give and give until we're completely depleted. Um, whereas it's almost like this retrain where it's like, no, 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 fill up the well first, fill up the well first. You know,
1: how do you find that? Most definitely, you know, I, I come from that background too of having been kind of the workaholic and very masculine early on, and there comes that point, that turning point where. You either let it go or it gets ripped from you. And I find myself also, like you say, I work just as hard now, but the drive is pure service and pleasure. And the time changes now. I've noticed that time stretches and time morphs, and you mentioned that in your book, that when you started to live this different life and you went into this more intuitive way and this more natural way, this more harmonious way, of being with who felt more like you, all of a sudden time seemed to be this putty in your hands. And Mm. I don't know that that's a concept that everyone, especially if they're locked into that forceful, masculine, pressurized way of living, kind of can understand. How would you help someone understand that time can actually stretch and more? Wow, that's such a good question. Um,
2: How would I describe it? Mm, I don't know how I describe it in a linear way, <laughs> but I can say how I w- what I do to stretch time is particularly when I'm creating. So I think something like um, the creative process or anything like when you're doing a ritual or anything like that, which is a little bit more lateral. It's like change or uh, inspiration, or 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 an answer can come in an instant, like in an absolute instant. Whereas when you're kind of like, oh, I have to do this thing and it takes half an hour to do, it will take half an hour to do, right? It's like the creative process. Often you will get the answer or the the idea for the book or the idea for the chapter or the, even when I was in advertising, this would happen and it'd be like, there's a deadline and at the very last minute you get the big idea you change the presentation and it's like oh my gosh those hours and days and weeks even that i spent working it all just came in an instant right it's when we kind of hand it over and allow something greater than us to to come in and so when i when i sit down to write particularly i will i'll do a little ritual where i ask time to stretch or if I'm running late for, for something, I'll do the same thing and just be like, I'm, I'm, I'm inviting time to, to, to stretch or slow down and I trust that there is plenty of time, more than enough time for me to do exactly what I need to
1: do. Magdalene sisters, daughters of Isis, Essenes, priestesses, witches, mystics, healers, seers and artists, midwives, visionaries, guardians of the earth and storytellers from times past, Interesting women, outspoken women, courageous women, fierce women, women who knew their power, women who trusted their wisdom, and the men who protected her, so she could do her sacred work. Many were forced to retreat underground in times when it was not safe to share their voice, own their power, and trust their innate wisdom. This is the dawn of a new day. Ancient feminine wisdom, once hidden and silenced, has awakened and now is ready to rise. Each of us is part of a divine sisterhood. Who, by becoming together and healing ourselves, will bring about a much-needed shift on the planet. It is time for us all to allow what is beckoning within to be given the permission and space to rise. The process might not be pretty, and it quite certainly will not be linear, but it is necessary, and it's time. As one of us awakens and rises, it makes it easier for another to follow her lead. She is me, and we are she. Rise, sister, rise. This is from Rebecca Campbell's book, Rise, Sister, Rise. And she is a best-selling author, spiritual teacher, grounded spiritual mentor, and devotional soulful guide. Find out more about her book, Rise, Sister, Rise. Her best other bestseller, Light Is the New Black. Her sisterhood, as well as her light worker mentorship, at Rebecca RebeccaCampbell.me. That's Rebecca Me. That's R E B E C C A. C-A-M-P-B-E-L-L dot me. We'll be right back with Rebecca Campbell after these messages.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111 22 Thirty-three, four 444, people all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, 1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts and topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized. So you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio.
1: In order to thrive in the age of light, we must fall back into flow with the sickless nature of life. To do this, we must move from a me-focus to a we-focus and remember that all of life is part of a larger whole. We are not separate from the earth, rather we are part of it. We are the ones that run the risk of not surviving if we don't heed her calls. It is no coincidence that you are here on the planet right now, that you too have chosen to return at this stage in history, or that you're listening to this show or perhaps will connect with Rebecca Campbell, the author of Rise, Sister Rise, that these words came from. And in this chapter, she asks the questions, are you ready to surrender to the same force that controls the spinning of the planets, or are you still invested in your own control and strength? You can find out more about her workshops, her books, her uh, sisterhood, and all of the different things that she does at RebeccaCampbell.me. Welcome back, Rebecca. that's a powerful statement, is the surrender from our own force of will into allowing life to lead us, allowing our soul to lead us, and investing in something beyond our own control and strength, did surrender look in your life like something that really had to drill its way into you, or was it something that you just openly, consciously let go
2: No, it was definitely the external world making me do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I kind of needed to wait for for several big crumblings and all the foundations to come crumbling down for me to finally, I guess, uh, for my ego to finally surrender or, I guess, beg for mercy and then my soul to step forward and finally lead. Yeah, it was really, you know, when I was a young girl like a teenager i remember picking up my first book which is was actually done by my my publisher hay house and i had a very clear vision of the work i was meant to that i was here for that i was meant to write lots of books and that that would be my publishing house and I I saw it very clearly, but I was trying to figure out how the hell to make it happen. And so I chose, you know, like, like many people who are called to, to, to do this work. Um, not all of us, but some of us, I was actually just really, really scared to step into it, to be honest, and kept on waiting to feel ready, kept on waiting for permission, kept on waiting to feel more qualified. But really at the end of the day, I was just scared to share my soul's voice that's just that's just the truth of the matter I I I um rationalized to myself that you know no I'll go into advertising I'll put positive messages out there and I'll I'll do my work that way and I must say it was a wonderful training ground for me because I would started as a copywriter so I was really working with the craft of words and all of that and communication and expressing concepts but at the end of the day I was just I was avoiding what I knew my soul was calling me towards and yeah, 2011 came along and, and because I lacked the courage to take that leap myself, but it was like, it very, it became very evident that the life I'd consciously created just like was becoming harder and harder to hold on to, was taking more and more energy to just like cling to, onto whether it was a relationship, the job, the, the all different parts of my life. And, for me it was, there was a couple of big moments, but one of them was, you know, I had, I'd lost two really dear friends in close, like about like six weeks apart from each other. And then my long term relationship ended. And all of a sudden I was on the other side of the world away from family and friends. And I moved into this new flat in Notting Hill and which was just beautiful. But then within a week I discovered that that was falling apart too and so it was like this Mm. beautiful poetic visualization of of, or metaphor even of of what was happening to my own foundations and one day when I was just kind of in that grief moment which which only people who've been in extreme grief can understand where it's just like Mm -hmm. you know the waves of emotion just kind of like crash and hit you you're not really emotional about anything in particular it's just like it's just crashing through you and that happened it's like I was in floods of tears and then in unison the water pipes burst and just flooded my entire flat (laughs) and it was really at that moment where I finally finally surrendered and said okay I give up now God you
1: lead yes yes I love how those I, I call them conversations with the universe that's the title of mm-hmm. my first book and it talks about I how we have that. these things occur outside in our world that are also trying to get our attention and show us and your pipe bursting is one of those conversations mm-hmm. along with relationships and all place. kinds of other things but you said what, something has, what have been your conversations with the universe
2: What's what's? What oh I've yours? had
1: some doozies <laughs> <laughs> um, You mentioned about the ego surrendering, and you were talking about the fears that were taking place and and feeling like you had the voice that you could get out and speak and things like that. That is all the ego's ideas and the ego's thoughts. The the soul itself doesn't really have any inhibitions or any fears or uh, wariness about stepping out. It is us moving beyond our egos and our identities that are really holding us back would you think also
2: yeah I do think that I you know I, I've thought a lot about you know the difference obviously between the ego the soul and then also the spirit and mm. you know my 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 opinion and 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 understanding of it is is very fluid and constantly changing but at the moment for me I think the soul is is courageous. The soul knows exactly where to go. But I think it can also carry with it a little bit of baggage. So particularly mm-hmm. for those of us who have been, who've had those lifetimes, you know, as the witches, as the healers, as, as whatever the experience was that wasn't um, maybe amazing when it came to sharing the soul's voice, I think the soul can carry that fear with it. And it's all that memory with it. So maybe it's not the fear, but it's the memory. And then it's like, yeah, the ego then translates that into fear.
1: Yes. And, And in your book, you have a statement that says, if we fall, it doesn't mean that we've failed. Rather, it's another invitation to transform and expand. So often people can get stuck in the shame of failing. And and not allow themselves to move beyond that because they feel as if that is now who they've become, but instead you're saying this is inviting us to transform. It's inviting us to expand into something yes. bigger than what we were.
2: Yeah, it's so it's so easy for us to judge ourselves and to be like spiritual snobs in a way. When you know, like for example, um, a week before my book came out, I I was just on my on my computer and I stood up to make a cup of tea or something and I tripped over like out of nowhere it didn't even make sense I wasn't even going a million miles an hour and I, I broke my foot my left foot And now a lot of people, when they heard that, they email going, oh, you're going too fast, or oh, it's this lesson, it's this. And it's so, it's, I find the spiritual world can be really judgmental, actually, Mm -hmm. when it comes Mm -hmm. to, like, things crumbling. And now having had a little bit of hindsight for for what was quite a traumatic experience to have it, because I was launching a book on rising, and I couldn't even stand up. I had my biggest like speaking event. So it was about a thousand people where I was meant to be talking about my book and I, I, I had to do it from a chair. And now when I normally talk, I'm like, you know, use dance and chant and song. And I'm like, I move around the stage a lot. And so that was so uncomfortable for me. And now I look back on that experience and I've been teaching since then. And I see how, that experience of breaking my foot, oh my gosh, like I've been able to anchor my light so much more through that experience. And when you look at the what they say about like, like uh, breaking bones, apparently it's like sometimes like breaks and fractures can indicate like a release of a karmic pattern that you cannot do any other way. And so I think that it's so it could have been very easy for myself to be like, oh, I've 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 stuffed up, I've done something wrong, so my body's trying to communicate with me. But often, you know, my friend Sabrina was telling me this story the other day about this temple in India, where on the outside I think it's um, got Kali and 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 all the tara's on it, and it's it's really scary. It's like basically it's it's like the crazy, like, vicious goddess woman all around it. And it's like no one would want to go inside that temple. But as you step inside, you're blown away by how beautiful and sacred and gentle and soft it is within. It's like a jewel. And it's like this this thing of, like, sometimes when the fallings come or the the what feels like a hurdle or what feels like, oh, gosh, I've, I've, I've done something wrong because things aren't working out, often you need to move through that in order to reach the sacred. And so my friend Sabrina and I now have this thing where when something stuffs up in our lives or it seemingly stuffs up, we, we say to each other, you must be about to go somewhere pretty sacred. <laughs>
1: Exactly, and what I've discovered is sometimes those really difficult experiences that show up, they show up to be, number one, an example for other people because that's what they need to see in the moment to find their strength, Mm
0: -hmm. and also
1: so that we can empathize and understand really where other people are,
0: at least in my experiences.
1: And so I, I, too, find these different things that take place actually to be gifts they look like stumbling blocks, wouldn't that be the illusion? But the reality is that everything in our world is literally a gift for our opening and the attitude with which we take it.
2: Yeah. And I think it's also like important for us to, you know, like I loved how you opened our conversation today about like, it's your humanness that inspires me because, you know, it's, it's, it's human to kind of like, fall onto the ground and go, this sucks. And I really believe that being human is hard. It really is. And I think that the sooner when those moments come and they, they, no matter who we are, they will come. The less we judge ourselves and the less we like force ourselves to pick up the pieces and find the positive immediately then we create the space for you know the 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 you know when we're in a constant state of rising and falling and falling and rising, right? It's like we're cyclic beings, we go spring, summer, autumn, winter, spring, summer, autumn, winter. As women, every single month, our cycle goes through that if we're menstruating. and And just as humans, it's impossible to bloom all year round and so the more we can we can see the the good experiences and the bad experiences as both good then the 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 i think then we can surrender even gr- more greatly to that never ending cycle that we're
1: in beautiful we have about 2 minutes before our next commercial break but i want you to talk a little bit about how many women unconsciously or consciously, have suppressed their voices because they're so afraid of being criticized or they have these memories in their bodies and in their souls of being burned at the stake or being exiled because of what they had to say. That's Mm -hmm. something that has kept women back. So talk a little bit about that and and how you have moved beyond those memories.
2: Mm. Well, I think if there's anyone on the call who feels called to share their voice in in a way big or small where it's like writing or teaching or holding a circle I want to say to you that 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 it's time to answer it and that the more that you share your voice and it's only through letting people see us really really see us and through sharing our voice through stepping forward and letting people see us that 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 our people can actually find us. and so the people who don't don't try and com- convert people rather talk to the people who can hear you because they're looking for you just as much as you' are looking for them.
1: Wise words from my guest, Rebecca Campbell. She's a best-selling author, spiritual teacher, intuitive spirit, spiritual mentor and inspirational speaker. Rebecca guides us to courageously answer the unique callings of our soul so that we can light up the world with our presence. You can find out more at RebeccaCampbell.me. She is featured in the current issue of 1111 Magazine, which is themed Eternal Radiance. And I'm going to read another fabulous passage from her book, which is the chapter on the never-ending process of rising. Rising is uncomfortable, and in many cases it ain't pretty. Fairy tales and movies glorify the process, suggesting that there is an end point to get to a happily ever after where all of our ducks are perfectly lined up in a row a place to arrive at once you've overcome a particular hurdle or series of challenges that once stood in your way, a ladder to climb, a mountain to conquer, a person to forgive, a relationship to get over, an award to strive for. If we fail, it doesn't mean that we failed. Rather, it's another invitation to transform and expand. There's a lesson in every battle, in every struggle, in every what-the-hell-do-you-want-me-to-do-now moment. And often it is the same unforgiving wind that encourages us to effortlessly sail. Rising is not linear, but an endless cycle. Allowing it to change us takes courage, which is why most people resist. You are not most people. Rebecca asks you, what in your life is falling away? What in your life has an expiry date? Get your copy of Rise, Sister Rise, A Guide to Unleashing the Wise Wild Woman Within. And while you're at it, go ahead and order a copy of Light is the New Black. You can find out more at RebeccaCampbell.me. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly online publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. Engage with experts in topics of consciousness. Become enlightened, empowered, and energized. So you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine. A daily staple for lifting the mindset, expanding the heart, and experiencing greater aliveness. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com, 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio.
1: Check out Rebecca Campbell at RebeccaCampbell.me and look up her best-selling books, Light is the New Black, and the book that we we're talking about today, Rise, Sister, Rise, A Guide to Unleashing the Wise, Wild Woman Within. It is filled with beautiful stories. This could be easily a daily devotional or it's something that you might pick up and not want to put down until you complete it. It has poignant questions that you will want to ask yourself and contemplate. It will allow you to still and really look at your life in a way that you may not have looked at it before. She incorporates many of her own intimate and vulnerable moments of her sacred journey, including ceremonies and rituals and jaunts to sacred sites. In one particular one, she found Merlin's energy was fierce and forceful as he spoke in a way that was both relevant then and today and may be relevant to you as well. Merlin said, "'It is time to go out into the world and share what you have learned, what we have taught you, and what you came here to do. Now is not the time to cower. Now is the time to rise. Now is not the time to have your head in the clouds. Now is the time to claim your potency.'" ground your light and lead with conviction. To do as you have been trained to, to do the work that you were born to do, to lead, lead, lead. The burning times are over. The time of doing this work alone or underground has come to an end. You do not need to hide anymore. This is the age that we've been working for. So pull yourself together, stand tall, rise up, and lead. All of the lifetimes of training has been for now. You are held by many. Call upon them and all that you have been taught through the ages, for it has been for this exact moment in time. Go forth and lead, lead, lead. Rebecca, that was such a powerful passage for me to read because as I went through my own experience three years ago of just leaping out on the road and doing something I'd never done before, truly not having any clue as to what I was doing or having any training of what I was about to do, Mm -hmm. All I kept hearing was lead by example. And what I found is when I showed up, that I showed up saying exactly what people needed to hear, and I showed up being who I needed to be, but also who they needed to see. Mm -hmm. Talk about how you have found that in your own walk, how you have stepped out on faith or leapt into things, perhaps not fully knowing exactly what you were doing. I know you referenced it in the book a few times as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: well you know I think that when you're called to be a leader there's there's many ways to lead but I see two main ones particularly if it's like writing and teaching one is to be the expert and the other one is to teach through your experience and for that the the latter is me (laughs) I have trained in many things but I find that that I'm most called cool to share my own experience and teach through vulnerability, really. and and I find that a lot of the, the, the women that I work with are exactly the same. And so my first book, Glad is the New Black, I actually just wrote that entirely to myself <laughs> because you know I had yearned so much for some kind of encouragement for me to share my voice, but I was too scared to do it. And so I pretty much just wrote that book entirely to me. It could have been me on that particular day or it could have been me when I was 14 and and saw my path very clearly but was too afraid to step into it. it could have been me when I was 25 and the life was crumbling. I find that when we speak to ourselves or a version of ourselves, what happens is that our tribe comes towards us because, mm-hmm. you know, it's so interesting, you know, everything, hearing you speak in the, the parts of the book that you're reading out, I'm just like, oh um, and it's it's such a beautiful experience because I know how clearly you see me and in you seeing me I'm like oh gosh I so see you and I think this is what happens when when we step in and do this work it's like through sharing our voice and our vulnerability and and speaking to the part of us that most yearns to hear certain words what happens is that where we attract our tribe for many years I I it was like I was hiding and I think so many of us do this it's like as humans our deepest one of our deepest desires is to be truly seen and witnessed and understood and particularly if we're from a soul lineage where we remember times where it would be like people would initiate you say the path of the priestess or you know and we're just yearning for uh, people to recognize and see us see who we are at soul level and I find that for, for for many of us actually sharing our deepest yearnings through our creations, through our teaching, through our workshops actually is the exact medicine that we most need as well as others. Because it's like, it's like in, in rise, sister rise, there's this phrase where it says, rise for you, rise for me. When you rise first, you rise for she. And so it's like, in one of us stepping forward, we're not just stepping forward for ourselves. And it's like every per- one of us who steps forward, we do so on behalf of she or we or
1: all of us all together. That's beautiful. You talk, you have the very mystic quality to you, and that is the, the, the one who teaches by example, the one who is, here to be vulnerable and to say, I'm going to show you through my own experience. And part of that experience and what resonated so much in the book with me, because I write this way also, is you use poetry and you talk about songs. And, and that is very much also the mystical path and part of the voice that has to open for us to allow the stronger, more powerful soul and spirit voice that wants to come forward. Talk about the importance of allowing yourself to awaken the poet and the songstress and the chantress within you? Mm,
2: Well, I think the poetry and music and creativity and particularly ritual, it is the language of the soul. And, and, you know, when we're, for me, the process of writing and particularly writing Rise, Sister, Rise, it was like, it was like, it's like nectar, you know. When you're when you're mm-hmm. finding the poetry, it's like it is the language of the heart as well. And it's like you hear a whisper, or you hear a phrase, or you feel a rhythm, you know. And you you can you can feel when it's the voice of the soul because first of all, when you read it out loud, your voice is probably lower, and it's probably got this beautiful rhythm to it. And somehow, it's like for me, it's like it's like catching the, the words of the soul is the most easy thing you could possibly do, but it's also the thing that takes most trust and risk <laughs> because I find it, it's like a dance and, and, and it's like you have to kind of leap on out and trust that the words will catch you. Yeah.
1: I, I have so much reverence for the shadow, so much of my own work is about embracing the shadow and understanding that the light truly rests in the well of grief and in the places of darkness. You, too, address the shadow. You address the anger and the rage that we hold that must be expressed and how necessary that place of the shadow can be in our lives, especially for the soul's journey. Talk a little bit about that suppressed anger and rage and how it needs to come up and how you view the shadow? Mm. Well, I view the
2: shadow as, as oh gosh, it's, it's such a diff- I find it really difficult to talk about the shadow because there is this connotation that the shadow is like bad or dark or negative. But I kind of say the shadow as like the human part of us which is, you know, it's 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 the invitation to get to the light. <laughs> you know, mm. it's like we can't get to the light without it, and and the more that we judge it, the further away from the light that we actually get. <laughs> and so, I I don't really feel like it's a, you know, it's so easy for us to be like, oh, okay, with the shadow we want to rid ourselves from it. But I don't actually think that that's the path. Well, that's not the path for me. <laughs> I know the shadow is more uncomfortable, but it's, it's- – Often it's like you know the shadow is the fear, the shadow is the issues, it's the it's the anger, it's the grief, it's the all of that stuff together. And you know I I see fear as the gatekeepers to the gifts, and I see uncomfortableness as the invitation for the soul growth. And so I just don't really see how how the, how the light and and. And, like, that beautiful devotion and connection with the soul is possible without it. That's where I I'm so resonant.
1: Chapter. Yes, I'm so resonant with that. In my book, Your Journey to Love, I equate the shadow as the human and the lover and the divine oh. as the beloved. And oh, the that's light. so beautiful. And so, to me, you that's cannot so have beautiful. one without the other. So I agree with you mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. Uh, my guest today has been Rebecca Campbell, and she is the best-selling author, spiritual teacher, intuitive spiritual mentor, and inspirational speaker. She guides us to courageously answer the unique callings of our souls so that we can light up the world with our presence. You can find out more about her tribe, her sisterhood, the uh, different books that she writes, and the different things that she's doing at rebeccacampbell.me. As a closure to this show, I want to express deep gratitude to you, Rebecca, and also share a beautiful passage from the end of your book. In doing this sacred work of the feminine, know that you are never alone. For each step you take in your rising, you also take for she. May you forever feel the support of your sisters, those who came before, and those who are rising alongside. Rise, sister, rise. Today we honor the powerful, the powerful, wise, compassionate, ferocious woman that you came here to be, and the unique medicine that you came here to share. We kiss the earth before you as you step into your potency as a wise, wild woman and a priestess of the high. The waters ahead may not be smooth sailing. The path of rising in times of change never is. When the seas get choppy, know that all of life is working with you, not against you, and that you have everything you need within you to get through any wave, wind, or storm. No matter how dark it gets, may you never stop seeing the light seated within it all. And most of all, may you forever hear her whisper, Rise, Sister, Rise. As a prayer for times of remembering, take a deep breath, close your eyes, and take in these beautiful words from Rebecca Campbell. May every soul hear the whispers of times forgotten. May every body be unleashed and unchained. May each vow of silence be dissolved forevermore. May all seeds of light planted sprout, rise and bloom. May sacred lands continue to sing songs of remembering. May every human heart beat in harmony with the rhythm of life. And so it is, and so it is, and so it is. Get your copy of Rise, Sister Rise, a guide to unleashing the wise wild woman within, and go to rebeccacampbell.me to find out more about this amazing, beautiful goddess. Until next week, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love, and as love. Be
0: well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simran next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.